Remember that blockbuster interview with the vaccine researcher Pamela Acker who told us about the reality of abortion-tainted vaccines? After gaining over 150,000 views, it was removed from YouTube and our main channel was suspended. It's gotten hundreds of thousands of views on other platforms, and it's still up on LifeSite's Rumble channel. But we have been flooded with questions ever since we released it. All sorts of questions, and people seeking the proof that it's not only one or two abortions way back in the 60s involved in vaccine manufacturing. Well, in this show, I'm going to give you the proof beyond a shadow of a doubt. And also, I'm going to give you the key to answer most, if not all, of your questions about the COVID vaccine and other vaccines. You're going to want to stay tuned. Before we begin, I want to encourage you to sign up today for LifeSite's virtual conference on vaccines to be held on February 19th. We have the best experts speaking to give you all the information that you need. Doctors, including Dr. Leland Stillman, who many of you know, lawyers, vaccine researchers, including Pamela Acker, authors, entrepreneurs, and the beloved Bishop Athanasius Schneider. They'll all be speaking at our February 19th conference on vaccines. So sign up today at the link in the description of this video for this free webinar conference taking place on Friday, February 19th. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dr. Stanley Plotkin is considered the godfather of vaccines. He's an American physician who worked as a consultant to the biggest vaccine manufacturers and biotechnology firms, nonprofits, and governments. In the 1960s, he played a key role in creating the rubella vaccine. His book, called Vaccines, is like the standard reference, or textbook, if you will, on the subject of vaccines. I'm going to show you parts of Dr. Plotkin's nine-hour deposition, where he reluctantly admits the horrific facts and gruesome details about the relationship between abortion and vaccines. Dr. Plotkin was called to answer questions from a lawyer who was defending the rights of a mother who refused to vaccinate her child due to the concerns about the ingredients in the vaccines. First off, Dr. Plotkin attempts to conceal the fact that hundreds, if not thousands, of babies were aborted in the process of bringing vaccines to market. When asked how many aborted babies were related to his work in vaccines, he says only two. Have a look. In your work related to vaccines, uh, how many fetuses have been part of that work? My own personal work, two. So in, your, uh, in all of your work related to vaccines throughout your whole career, you've only ever worked with two fetuses? Uh, in terms of making vaccines, yes. Um, yes. But then watch this. The lawyer wants to clarify, so he hands Plotkin a published study with, with Plotkin himself as author, and it used over 70 aborted babies and after numerous clarifications, Plotkin has to admit that, yes, this was related to his work 
with vaccines. Watch for yourself. I'm going to hand you what's been marked Plaintiff's Exhibit 41. Okay. Are you familiar with this article, Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Okay. Are you listed as an author on this article? Yes. Okay. This study took place at the Wistar Institute, correct? Yes. You were at the Wistar Institute, correct? Yes. How many fetuses were used in the study described in this article? Uh, quite a few, um, but my answer to my, the previous question was, what did I use to make vaccines? And the answer was two. Uh, can you read back the question I had asked? Just now? No, prior. In your work related to vaccines, how many fetuses have been part of that work? Answer my own personal work, too. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to ask that question again. In your work related to vaccines, how many vac fetuses were involved in that work? There were only two fetuses involved in making vaccines. Uh, when um, uh, uh, fetal uh, strains, uh, fibroblast strains, were first developed, I was involved in that uh, work trying to characterize those cells, but they were not used to make vaccines. Wasn't the purpose of this study to help develop a human cell line or to support the use of human cell lines in the creation of vaccines? The idea was to study the uh, cell strains from fetuses to determine whether or not they could be used to make vaccines. So this was related to your work? Well, yes, in, in, a, in a sense, To yes. vaccines, correct? Yes. It was preparatory. Okay. So this study involved 74 fetuses, correct? Well, I don't remember exactly how many. Turn to page 12 of the study. You know, 76. 76. And then Dr. Plotkin is forced to reveal the more macabre aspects of the abortion tide of vaccines. Not that it should make any difference to a pro-lifer, of course, that, you know, children aborted at any time is horrible. Aborting disabled children is horrible, obviously. However, in this clip, you'll see that he admits the children aborted were not disabled babies who were likely to die in the womb anyway. No, no, no. They were not miscarriages, as is so often presented to assuage the consciences of people who are conflicted about taking abortion-tainted vaccines. That, that claim that it's just a miscarriage anyway, it's just a complete falsehood. Dr. Plotkin even says that all of them that's it. all of the babies aborted were over three months gestation. Here's the proof. Watch it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, these fetuses uh, were th all three months or older when aborted, correct? Yes. 
Okay. And these were all normally developed fetuses, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, these included fetuses that were aborted for social and psychiatric reasons, correct? Correct. Now, if that is not grotesque enough, watch Dr. Plotkin's response to harvesting organs from these dozens of babies who were aborted all after the third month of pregnancy. They needed, by the way, to have these babies be that old. Why? So that they could harvest the organs, so that their organs would be already developed. Have a look. What organs did you harvest from these fetuses? Well, I didn't personally harvest any, but uh, a whole range of uh, tissues were harvested um, by uh, co-workers. Okay. And these pieces were then cut up into little pieces, right? Yes. And they were cultured? Yes. Okay. Um, some of the pieces of the fetuses were pituitary gland that were, that were chopped up into pieces to, mm -hmm. okay, included the lung of the fetuses? Yes. Okay. Included the skin? Yes. Kidney? Yes. Spleen? Yes. Heart? Yes. And, and tongue? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't recall, but yeah, probably yes. That's absolutely unreal. So they were healthy, unborn babies, all three months gestation or older. They had to be three months in utero or older because they needed to have developed those organs. These mad scientists are after these organs. Which organs? The pituitary glands, the unborn child's lungs, their skin, their kidneys and spleen, their hearts and their tongues. There were so many of these children killed. And we're supposed to use these abortion-tainted vaccines? We're supposed to pump our bodies with their remains so that we can be healthy? This is why Bishop Athanasius Schneider told me that there's no way Christians, pro-lifers, can take these vaccines. No way indeed. Have a look at what he said. And we have to recognize this. We have to resist. This is an hour to resist and not to collaborate in any way with these vaccines. Uh, exactly, because in this case, into some kind, to, to receive in our body the fruits, so-called fruits in, in a way, of the greatest evil, one of the greatest evils of mankind, the cruel genocide of unborn. We will be marked, we will receive a sign on in our body, which will in any way, in some way, demonstrate that we are connected to this greatest, one of the greatest evils. And now watch this. This is really the crux of it all. The lawyer asks Dr. Plotkin if the doctor is aware that the lawyer's client, the mother, is objecting to the vaccines because they were developed from aborted babies. And Plotkin says that he is aware of it, but despite this, he says, now this is Dr. Plotkin saying, bringing it up of his own accord, that the Catholic Church approves of taking these vaccines, abortion-tainted vaccines. But even more than that, Plotkin says that the church says that only the researchers involved will go to hell for it. 
And then Dr. Plotkin says he is glad to go to hell. He says, I'm glad to do that. I, I kid you not. It's something you've got to watch for yourself. Have a look. You're, you're aware, are you aware that the one of the uh, objections to vaccination by the plaintiff in this case is the inclusion of aborted fetal tissue in the development of vaccines and the fact that it's actually part of the ingredients of vaccines? Yeah, I'm aware of those objections. The okay. uh, Catholic Church has actually issued a document on that which says that individuals who need the vaccine should receive the vaccines regardless of the fact. And that, uh, that uh, I think it implies that I am the individual who will go to hell because of the use of aborted tissues, which do I you, am glad do you know? to do. And now I'm certain that you're going to have many more questions. I'm sure too that you've got much more information now to share with your family and friends. You've got some proof, some direct proof. They can look up on Wikipedia who Dr. Plotkin is and you can show them the video. But LifeSite News is going to do more to help you much more. We're running a conference on vaccines with the best experts. On February 19th, LifeSite News is presenting Unmasking Vaccines, Ethics, Mandates, and Global Health. As uncertainty reigns in the general population, especially around COVID and the vaccines, LifeSite is devoted to sharing the truth. It is time to understand the connection between aborted fetal cells and vaccines. The next gen of vaccines such as mRNA, the healthcare system as a whole during this time, the implications of lockdowns and mandates, as well as the ethical and moral dilemma of abortion-tainted vaccines. Please go register today. The conference is on February 19th. It starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time, but don't worry, the videos will be available all day long, so you'll be able to access them on your lunch break, after work, after the kids go to bed if needed. Go to the link on your screen, and it's also included just below this video in the description. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we're communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, 
I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.